Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. This is part two of what is your parenting style and how can you improve it? We're going to continue with listing the different types of parenting styles. It is up to you to identify which one of these parenting styles closely resembles your personal parenting style. Now, once you identify your parenting style, you have to see if it's something that is healthy. If your parenting style is healthy, then you can continue to practice this parenting style and make the necessary changes as you go when necessary. Now, if you identify that your parenting style is unhealthy, it's destructive, it's dysfunctional, now it's up to you to make the necessary changes to become healthy and to adapt a parenting style that is more reflective of a healthier pattern. Now, let's continue our discussion with the permissive parenting style. Now, we call that the friendship or the cool parenting. These parents take on the role of friendship with their children instead of a guardian. Now, this is not necessarily a bad thing. These parents love their children and they're very loving and nurturing and warm with them. They really want to help their children. They have the best of intentions, but they're not really providing a solid foundation. Basically, the children sort of like have the permission to do whatever it is that they want to do. The parents don't really want to upset them or displease them because the parents really want the children to like them and be their friend. So we're going to go ahead and go through the different characteristics of this parenting style and pay attention to see if you have this type of parenting style. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but there are definitely areas that need to be worked on so there can be a more positive, a more balanced relationship between the parent and the child. All right. They don't provide order, structure, or guidance for their children by not setting rules or boundaries. Again, this is a permissive parenting style. They let the children do whatever it is that they want to do. Now, one thing about children, you have to provide order and structure for them in order for them to have guidance. Because children are not born with the knowledge that they need in order for them to be able to survive in this world and grow to be mature, healthy people. They do have instincts, but these instincts are more for like self-preservation it's not necessarily to guide them through the social structure of society. It's not necessarily to protect them from harm or to help them understand what's happening in the world. So it's very important for parents to be able to provide some type of order, all right? But parents who practice the permissive parenting style, they don't provide their children with order, structure, or guidance. They basically let the children run the show. Okay. Now they are non-traditional and very lenient, allowing their children to do whatever they want. You know, the children have no structure at all, no type of guidance. 
They go to sleep when they want. They wake up when they want. They eat when they want. They eat whatever they want. So children are not going to make the best selections for themselves. If you give a child a choice between candy and food that is healthy for them, such as vegetables or fruits or grains, most likely the children are going to prefer the candy. So children do not have the knowledge base, the understanding, the wisdom in order for them to make good choices for themselves. So this is why they need parents to guide them, to teach them what is good for them and what is appropriate. But these permissive parents don't do that. Maybe it's because they don't know how to, maybe because they didn't have any structure or guidance in order in their lives growing up and they think it's okay for them to raise their children that way. Or maybe they made a conscious decision that they're going to let their children be free, free according to what their idea of freedom is, to let them do whatever they want. All right? All right, let's go ahead on and continue. They are considered to be indulgent parents and they spoil their children. Indulgent parents, meaning that they indulge their children's requests or wishes. It's nothing wrong if your child desires something or wish to have something for you to indulge your child. But there has to be a boundary. There has to be some type of limitation. You can't give your children everything they ask when they ask it. Especially if it's not a necessity. Because the child has to learn there are boundaries. There are times and places for everything. And a child may ask for something that's not appropriate. And you as a parent have to set the boundary and say, no, you're you're not going to have that. They don't discipline their children or teach them about consequences. So the children end up doing things totally unaware of the possible outcome of their actions because their parents are not teaching them about consequences. Don't want their children to be disappointed, upset, or mad with them. Again, a permissive parenting style, they want their children to be cool with them. They want to be cool parents. They want to have a friendship. They want their children to be their buddies. They want their children to be their best friend. But that's not your job as a parent to be your child's best friend. Not when they're small. When they become teenagers or when they become young adults, you can start building some type of friendship with them. But you still have to be the parent figure as long as they are a minor. As long as they're a child, you still have to be the primary role in that child's life is to be a parent. Not to be a best friend, not to be a buddy. All right, so, but these parents practice the, practice the permissive parenting style. They're not focusing on disciplining their children. They're focused more on making their children happy. So whatever they want, they're going to give them. In reality, they don't understand that they're spoiling these children and that they're making them have a sense of entitlement. So when they go out in the real world and they're dealing with other people, they expect other people to cater to their needs and their wants and to give them whatever they want. Now, continuing. Don't want their children to go without anything. Now, they don't want their children to be deprived of certain things. Children are not going to have everything they want. They're not supposed to. As long as they have their basic needs. They have food, they have clothes, they have shelter. They're safe, they're healthy. They have um, toys to play with. They have 
items to be entertained. They, they have things to be recreated. They're okay. All right. So you don't have to always make sure your children have everything they want. They have what they need. They don't necessarily have to have what they want all the time. All right. They avoid any conflict or confrontation with their children. Because these parents want a friendship with their children, they don't want any type of conflict or confrontation. They always want to be happy with their children. They don't enforce any type of limited rules that they have. They do have some type of rules, but they're so lenient that they, they don't enforce it. And don't, they don't expect their children to take any responsibility for their behaviors. They don't have to clean up after themselves. They don't have to go to bed at a certain time. They don't have to share their personal items. They don't have to eat healthy foods. They don't have to practice self-care. They don't have to take a bath. <laughs> they don't have to brush their teeth. I mean, that may be to an extreme for some people, but there are parents out there who do practice this type of parenting style. Obviously, it's not healthy because the children have no structure. So when they're ready to go out to deal with other people, they're not going to know how to behave. They're not going to know how to act. They're not going to know how to interact with other people because they don't have any structure, order, or guidance, or discipline. They provide their children with lots of love, affection, and attention, which is a great thing. That's a great thing. Encourage children to talk about their problems, but don't offer them any guidance or solution. All right? They, they allow their children to express their emotions and how they feel, but they don't really offer them guidance or solution. They're taking a more hands-off approach. They're allowing that child to basically raise themselves, which children can't do. So they end up deficient in many areas. You know, they're lacking in certain areas. They're deprived of guidance. Don't discourage poor choices or bad behavior. If their children are making poor choices, they don't say anything. They remain silent. They're doing something that's bad. They don't say anything. They let that child do whatever they want to do. Their motto is kids will be kids. Believing it's okay for them to do whatever they want without any boundaries. Usually these type of parents are passive and docile. They become overwhelmed by a child's issue or parenting role. They allow their children to control and dominate them. They allow their children to dominate them. The child gets their way without any resistance. Now, this is not healthy. This is absolutely not a healthy parenting style for the obvious reasons that we discuss. Children must have order, structure, and guidance. Okay, they come into the world not knowing anything. It's up to the parents to teach and guide them and lead by example. All right, we're going to go to the next parenting style. The next parenting style is neglectful parents. Neglectful parenting style. We call this uninvolved parents. Okay, uninvolved parents. Now, let's talk about these uninvolved parents. These parents are too busy, immature, or distracted to provide their children with what they need. They may not be intentionally neglectful and love their children, but for whatever reason, they're not consistently providing 
their children with attention, resources, or support. Okay, these parents may have good intention. They may want to be great parents. They may want to love and nurture and guide their children. But for whatever reason, they don't seem to be able to do it. Now, some of these parents may be too young to have children. Okay, maybe they have a child at such a young age that they don't have that level of maturity that they need to know what's appropriate, what's inappropriate. Maybe they don't have the life skills or the parenting skills or the awareness that they need to be able to raise a child. Or they're distracted by just working too much, just trying to provide. You have parents who are working two or three jobs. So obviously, while they're working two or three jobs, their children are being neglected by them. Now, they may provide, you know, the care through a third party, but they're not providing directly child care. They're not around. Okay, they have very little awareness of what the child is doing. Some parents are in the home, in the house, but they are so busy, distracted with the television, with the computer, okay, with the music, with the neighbor, with the dance, with the party, with the drugs, with the cigarettes, with the alcohol, with the twerking, you know, with the gossip. They're so busy doing everything else that they are neglecting their children. They don't know what that child is doing. That child could be breaking something in the other room. That child could be engaging in pornography or sexual experimentation. That child could be taking some type of medication that's not theirs and they're not supposed to be taking it unsupervised. That child could be burning down the house. These parents are so distracted that they're totally unaware of what's going on with their children. Of course, this is not a good parenting style. Obviously, it's not. These parents provide no guidance, nurturing, or discipline because they're not there. Even though they're physically there sometimes, but they're not emotionally there. They're not mentally there. They're detached from their children. They're detached because they're so caught up in their own lives. They're so busy taking care of their personal interests that they're not paying their children any type of attention. This is very serious. And the child becomes neglected emotionally and mentally as well as physically. Child is raising themselves. They're spending time alone or with non-responsible adults or siblings. Some parents have so many children, they have to work. They have the older child or the older children watching the younger children. That's a recipe for disaster. Older children are not supposed to be watching younger children. An eight-year-old is not supposed to be watching a three- or two-year-old. A ten-year-old is not supposed to be watching a newborn baby. All right? Because they don't have the life skills. They don't have the wisdom, the understanding. They're supposed to be children themselves. So they are being deprived of their childhood by taking the role of a parent. Okay? Now, these parents are not good examples for their children as role models. They don't properly supervise their children. I'm sure at some point someone meet a child that's roaming in the streets. You know, you ask them where their parents, they don't even know. 
You see a child in the playground by themselves. Where's their parents? The parent is on the other side, not supervising that child. The child's in the kitchen by themselves, cooking food. And you ask them, where's your mom? She's sleeping in the bed. A child is taking a bath by themselves. Where's your father? Where's your mother? They're not there. So I'm sure we all have a lot of examples of people who practice neglectful parenting style. The parent is so preoccupied or distracted with other things, you know, such as social media, relationship, job, money, that they are unavailable for that child or for their children. They are not available. Of course, this is not a good parenting style, like I said, because the child is suffering. The child is not being nurtured, they're not being loved, they're not being given a stable, safe and secure environment. They're not being taught what to do and how to do it. Okay, that child is left to fend for themselves. This is neglect. And this is when child protective service can get involved, when children are left alone at home, when children are placed uh, under the supervision of people who are irresponsible. Okay? Child protective service get involved when these children are not provided their basic needs, such as food, medical care, education. Some of these children don't go to school. They're truant. Their parents don't prepare them. The parents don't get up in the morning to make sure they take a bath to go to school. Their clothing is not properly washed. The children smell. Their hair is not combed. This is obviously neglect. This is child abuse. Child abuse is not always physical, all right? If you're neglecting to provide your child's basic need, it is considered a form of abuse. If you're abandoning your child, you're not there to supervise the child, you're not there to provide care for the child, you're leaving that child alone for long periods of time. That is called abandonment and neglect. So obviously, this is not a good parenting style. And people who are dysfunctional, people who sometimes engage in drug and alcohol abuse, people who have mental health problems, people who are very immature, These are the people who tend to neglect their children. People who are very traumatized from a past experience in their childhood sometimes. They grow up with these problems, become parents, and they also neglect their children. Now, obviously, not everyone who've been neglected as a child grow up to neglect their children. Some people, because they've been through that experience, they refuse to take their children through that experience. They learn from their past and make sure that they don't repeat that cycle. Okay, we're entering into the narcissistic parenting style. Now, just when you think it couldn't get any worse, there is a parenting style that is absolutely out of this world. Now, a narcissistic parenting style, we're talking about people who are selfish, completely self-centered, okay? These parents have children for their own selfish reasons and expect them to serve them or cater to their needs. They expect their children to take care of them. Even if that child is young, the child is parenting the parent. And they believe it's that child's duty or obligation to take care of them. This is sick. Unfortunately, it is the reality. 
we have a lot of parents who are nurses. They have a narcissistic parenting style. Let's discuss some of the characteristics of a narcissistic parent. They live vicariously through their children, making them do whatever their dreams, goals, or fantasies may be. For example, you may have a child, you know, growing up, the parents say, you're going to be a doctor. I wanted to be a doctor. I didn't have the chance to be a doctor. You're going to be a doctor because I didn't have a chance to be a doctor and I want a doctor in my family. Because they wanted to be a doctor, they want to impose that on the child. They didn't ask the child what they wanted to be. They didn't ask the child what makes you happy. They didn't look to see what gifts and abilities a child may have that may put them in another career path. They don't care about what the child wants. It's all about what they want because they're selfish and they're self-centered. They often compete against their children. Who is more beautiful? Who is more smarter, sexier, or likable? It's unbelievable that you have parents who are competing with their children. This is narcissistic. It makes no sense. How can you compete with your child? You're jealous of your own child. She's prettier. She's smarter. Or he's more of an athlete. Or that child is getting more attention. That child is more likable. That child's personality is more likable. And the parent is competing for attention with the child. This is sick. Parents have high unrealistic expectations for their children to live up to, but provide no support, guidance, or assistance. These parents expect their children to be very successful, very wealthy, so they can provide for them, but they don't give them any type of support or guidance or assistance to get there. They're not helping them with their schoolwork. They're not helping them get into a good school. They're not you know, providing them with structure, with activities that would help them raise their intelligence or their, you know, competency to be able to do that type of work. Show off their children as trophies, rewards, or price to make themselves look good. These are the parents who dress their kids so everybody can compliment them. They put their children in beauty pageants and contests So they can brag, my child won a trophy, my child got an A, my child is in honors class, my child is in gifted. These are the parents that brag, not because they're really proud of the child, but because they believe that reflects on them. In other words, look at me, I'm a good parent because my child accomplished this. I did it. They wanna take credit for everything that the child has done. All right. So it's very important that we understand these parents are narcissistic. They're sick. I mean, we, we're going to go ahead on and continue so with some more characteristic because a lot of people are narcissistic and they don't know it. So if you're a narcissist, you're going to have a narcissistic parenting style by default. Now, continuing with some more characteristics of a narcissistic parent, we're going to continue. They want their children to make them proud They take credit for child's accomplishment, talent, or skill. That's my boy. That's my baby. He's just like his father or she's just like her mother. They want to take credit all the time. The children are being used only for selfish purposes. Now, 
as sick as it may be, these parents will have a child just to get what they want. Sometimes they have a child just to secure a relationship because they know if they get pregnant, the father will marry them. Sometimes they have a child just to get child support. They have a child because they want a connection, a status, a position, or material things. These parents use their children for their own selfish gain. It's kind of hard to imagine a parent using their child, having a child with the intention that this child is going to be their meal ticket. This child is their lottery ticket. This child is their way out of poverty. You have these parents pushing these children beyond limit, robbing them of their childhood just to get what they want. That child is going to grow up to be a millionaire. That child is going to be that basketball player or that football player or that wrestler or that movie star or that singer. And they spend all this money on this child so that child can become successful, not for the child's benefit, but for their benefit. The child is used as an extension of the parent's personal wishes and is used as a tool. That is sick. The child is used as an extension of the parent's personal wishes. It's like they use that child as an object to gain whatever it is that they want to get. Unfortunately, it can go to the extreme where some parents, particularly mothers, allow their stepfathers, their husbands, to have sex with their daughters. And this is sick, but it happens just to get what they want. They allow other people to use their children, whether it be for sex, whether it be for other purposes, but they do that. These people are sick. They're narcissistic. And they never admit that they have a problem. They never take responsibility for their faults or mistakes. They blame the child. They blame the child and they don't apologize. They put the blame on the child. An example. It's your fault that my marriage failed. It's your fault that I lost my job. It's your fault that I'm sick. So they put the blame on the child and the child has nothing to do with what happens to the parent. The child is completely innocent, but these narcissistic people don't care about that. Okay? They blame the child. Now, diminish a child's individuality and remove their identity to make them what and who they want them to be. Narcissistic parents are very notorious for doing this. The child doesn't have a identity. The child is basically an it for them. They don't see that child's individuality. They don't see that child's personality, their dreams, their goals, their wants. 
they they just see someone that they can shape and mold to become whatever they want them to be. Now, parents have a sense of false superiority, inflated ego, and conceited. That's what a narcissist do. They have a sense of entitlement and expect their children to serve them or bow down, treating them like servants, peasants, or inferiors. They treat their children like little slaves. You know, just a typical story of Cinderella, the the wicked stepmother. She was a narcissist. All right? This is the same thing. Parents, they, they have this false sense of superiority. They think they're better. They're more intelligent. They're, they're more special. They're beautiful. They're, they're this, they're that. And everybody is beneath them, including their children. They are very manipulating, emotionally and mentally abusive. These parents are very manipulating and emotionally and mentally abusive. They take their children on a guilt trip. I'm your mother. You owe me. They make them feel guilty just for doing for them. You know, a parent cannot make a child feel guilty for being a parent. I mean, a parent is supposed to sacrifice for their child. They're supposed to nurture. They're supposed to invest. They're supposed to cater. They're supposed to give. So you can't make your child feel bad because you're doing for them. That's your job. But narcissistic parents will. That's what they do. Shaming the child. Okay? They believe a child's behavior is embarrassing to them. Just because a child is being a child. Maybe a child will make a mistake. Maybe they'll drop something. Or maybe they'll do something innocently that's wrong. They will shame that child because they feel embarrassed. Negative comparison. You know, they'll say, you're just like your dad. Or you're not as good as your brother. Negative comparison. They do that to bring the child down. To to make the child feel bad as part of of the emotional and mental abuse. Unreasonable pressure. Expect the child to perform at an unrealistic standard. You can't expect a five-year-old to be perfect, well-behaved. Now, the child can be a very, very good child, but that's still a child. A child can be very, very attentive. A child can master certain things, but they're still a child. They're not going to master everything. They're not going to be good all the time. They're going to have a time when they're going to act out or they may not do exactly as they're told, but they're still a child. So you have to be very reasonable in your expectation of a child. Conditional love is given to manipulate. They don't know. Narcissistic parents don't know how to love. They just have conditional love. They pretend to love. They use love as a pawn, as a tool to manipulate their children. It's an emotional roller coaster with narcissistic parents. They easily get upset, irritated, or moody. This is used to control their child. They have no empathy for the child. They lack the ability to connect or relate with child's feelings or thoughts. 
They're completely emotionally detached from their child. Expect unreasonable sacrifices from children without any regards for their life, responsibility, or situation. They expect the child to sacrifice for them. Instead of being the other way around for the parents to sacrifice for their children, narcissistic parents want their children to sacrifice for them. They they want the child to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning to go get them something to eat. They automatically expect the child to come to rescue them over something that's trivial or minor. They don't want the child to be independent or grown up. They will sabotage the child so the child won't progress. That is very, very sick. These parents will sabotage their own children. They won't allow them to grow up. They won't allow them to mature. They won't allow them to become self-sufficient because they want them to be dependent on them so they can use them. And if the child gets angry, the child becomes upset or try to defend themselves, then they want to play victim. All of a sudden, they're the victim. The parents, the narcissistic parents, become the victim. And the child becomes the alleged abuser. And of course, that's false. Now, this type of parenting style is very toxic, is very dysfunctional, is very abusive. No one should be a narcissistic parent. I mean, children of narcissistic parents suffer tremendously. They have all type of psychological problems, emotional problems, mental problems, low self-esteem. They deal with a lot of irrational thoughts, limiting beliefs. Sometimes they develop drug and alcohol problems later on in their lives. Sometimes they start young, maybe in their teenage years, they start using drugs and alcohol because they can't cope. Their parents are so overwhelming. Sometimes they deal with depression and emotional and mental health problems. Sometimes they're completely traumatized, suffering from PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, because their parents are so abusive, so overwhelming, neglectful, and they don't know how to cope. So they eventually have a lot of problems. We're going to continue with the next parenting style, connected and emotionally bonded. We call this attachment parenting style. Attachment parenting style. This is not a bad parenting style. It can be a very good parenting style. Of course, there are rooms for improvement. There are rooms for improvement in this particular parenting style, but it's not a unhealthy or a bad parenting style. There are certain things that need to be worked on, but it's not bad. These parents focus on nurturing, loving, connecting, and caring for their children. Their goal is to form a secure attachment with their infants during early childhood to enable a healthy bonding process. Now let's go over some of the characteristics of attachment parenting style. Fully engage in the parenting process as they emotionally connect with their child. Now, attachment parenting style focus early on, 
Okay, this is when you have a newborn up to the age of two. People who practice this type of attachment parenting style, they really emphasize on the bonding and connecting with their newborn and their toddlers up to the age of two. They really, really focus on that because they believe that that period is very crucial for that child to form their identity. If that child is not securely attached to their parents, they can have all type of problems. This is what they believe. And this is why they practice all these different types of activities to make sure that the child is very secure to them emotionally and the child feels very physically secure and safe. Now let's discuss some of the characteristics. Now respond to child's need immediately without hesitation or restriction. These people have a more of a natural parenting style because indigenous culture, they pretty much practice this natural parenting with the bonding. All right, a lot of times they slept in the same bed with the babies to make sure that the babies were safe they were able to have access to them right away to breastfeed the child. They didn't have to get up to go get the child. The child was readily available for breastfeeding when it was time. The child was be able to physically get close and nurturing and very warm with the parent, with the mother primarily. All right, so they didn't have the restrictions, you know, the division, the separation. They don't let the child sleep in a separate room or in a separate bed. The child is never far from them. The child is always close by. Some people don't like uh, this type of parenting style because they say that they're going to spoil the child. But it's very difficult to spoil a newborn. If the child gets the love and attention that they need and they get their basic need when they need it, they tend not to be spoiled because there's no reason for them to cry. You know, you're taking care of them. You're providing for them. They don't need to cry. They're crying because something is wrong. But if there's nothing wrong, there's no need to cry. You have healthy, happy babies. If they're not soiled, you know, they're not sick, they're well-fed, breastfed, they're held, they're touched, they have close contact with their mothers, they're good. Okay, so... This is the natural way of connecting and attaching and bonding with a child. So you really don't have to worry about spoiling a child. I mean, you can't give too much love the first two years. Of course, you have to set boundaries. Of course, you have to establish limitations. Of course, within reason. Now, provide attention, affection, comfort, and support to child consistently. This is unconditional love. You're going to love your child unconditionally. You're going to make time for your child. Now, mothers who are working, it could be a challenge for them to have this type of attachment with their child because they're not around. For eight hours, nine hours, someone else is providing for their child. And that other person who's the caregiver may not necessarily have the time or the need to be that attached to their child. Now, their child's basic need could be attended to right away if they're paying a nanny or a babysitter. The child could be held right away, but it's not the love of a mother. 
So usually people who practice attachment parenting style, they usually are stay-at-home moms. Okay, And if they're not stay-at-home moms, they're able to work and they're able to bring that child with them, carry that child in a sling. They have these slings, especially in indigenous cultures, in Africa, in India, in uh, Americas, Latin America, and um, other parts of the world. Mothers go to the field if they're working in agricultural environments. They go to the marketplace. You know, wherever they're working, they have the babies on a sling. So the baby's always in close proximity, physically right next to the mother's body. All right, so they're able to practice that. But in Western culture, it's kind of difficult for mothers to bring their children to work. It's not allowed in most places. It's it's prohibited. So it's kind of difficult to connect and bond with your child if you don't have that type of environment that's conducive for it. Now, uh, respond with sensitivity and compassion to child's requests or need. Okay, mothers and fathers who practice attachment parenting style, they're very close to their children, very close. They maintain close physical contact with their infants, carrying them in baby slings, holding them often, sleeping in the same bed with them, or in the same room. Usually mothers with attachment with attachment parenting style breastfeed their babies with no restrictions. There's not there the child is not put on a schedule like a baby who is being bottle fed using formula. Okay? A mother who's practicing attachment parenting style, she will feed the baby, breastfeed the baby whenever the baby desires. There's no schedule. If her breast is full of milk, the baby wants it the baby drinks the milk <laughs> and and they allocate time you know for bonding because the baby may not drink the milk in five minutes the baby may take a whole hour so the mother has to sit down and get comfortable relax maybe sing a little song or lullaby and just bond with her baby sing talk and just relax and enjoy the moment the bonding time between mother and child Usually these type of parents don't place their child in daycare. Most of them are stay-at-home moms. They advocate that if they do have to place their child in daycare, it's 20 hours or less per week. They don't believe in someone else watching their child. Now, some people, because of financial reasons, they're not able to do this, but the people who can afford to do this or who are willing to sacrifice, who are willing to downsize, who are willing to do with less material things so they can have the time and the energy to spend time with their newborn, that would be the ideal. Now, these parents practice positive discipline. They redirect and guide children to a more positive behavior. They avoid spanking or punishment. All right? They usually try to lead by example. They'll redirect the child. The child is touching something inappropriate. They'll tell the child it's not appropriate and redirect the child to something that's more appropriate. Okay, they believe in providing good quality interaction between the parent and the child. Parents have to create a balance between the needs of their child and their needs. Okay? That's the thing with this type of uh, parenting style. There has to be a balance. Parents don't have to be a marcher, sacrificing everything for a child. 
Sometimes the parents will be tired, overwhelmed, exhausted, or you know they just maybe burnt out. All right. So if this happens, this is counterproductive. If you're in a bad state, you're not going to be able to provide your child with loving and a nurturing environment. So attachment parenting style is very good, especially for the first five years. Some people say the first two years, but the first five years is very good. After that, then of course you start to give that child more independence, more freedom, and they and they're naturally going to gravitate away from you. Once a child feels good, safe, and secure, they know mommy and daddy's there. They naturally are going to wander off. They're going to just go and explore. And we're going to talk about more about that parenting style. Okay, let's talk about that. You know, the parenting style. All right. The next parenting style is not such a good parenting style. Not such a good parenting style. We're going to talk about the paranoid parenting style. The paranoid overprotective. We're going to go through this. Now, these parents focus on the safety of their child to the extreme. They become overprotective, overbearing, and overly cautious. They become irrational. They don't allow their child to engage in normal childhood activities or creative play for fear of safety issues. They're afraid the child may get hurt. They don't allow the child to take risks. You know, everything is a risk. It's a calculated risk. And this is how a child's going to learn what's good, what's bad, you know, what's appropriate, what's inappropriate. You have to give them a little room so they can learn. But these paranoid parents... We call them the overprotectors, overprotective. They just pretty much smother their children. They don't let them do anything. They're monitoring the child obsessively. They have child surveillance technology used in the home. They got monitors in every room. The child is being monitored to a cell phone. The child is constantly under supervision. All right, you have to give a child a space where they can roam. Whether the child is in an enclosed yard where there's nobody coming in and they can't get out, they can roam free. Let them run. Let them play. There's a room in their house where the child can be alone and you can check on them periodically from time to time. But these parents, they're terrified of the child being left alone. They're distrustful of other people around their children. They're very suspicious of everyone's intention. Obviously, a lot of these people had problems as children. Maybe they were abused when they were children. Maybe they were sexually abused, physically, emotionally, mentally. And now they have a mistrust of everybody else. They think that everybody is going to harm their children. And they don't want their children to have the experience that they had growing up. So now they're terrified. Teach children to be overly vigilant, producing fear, anxiety, stress, and worry. Parents' constant, constant worrying about child's well-being. You know, they're constantly worrying about their child's well-being. You know, they're worrying about their child's weight, the child's mental state, the child's emotions. Are they doing good in school? You know, how they're going to do in the future? If they're interacting with other people, what they're watching on TV. These paranoid parents are constantly worried. They filter everything their children see on television, They monitor their computer usage obsessively. There's nothing wrong with you monitoring your child. You need to do that. 
But when it becomes an obsession, then it's a problem. Parental supervision is strictly enforced in everything. They will not let their children go anywhere without them. They feel guilty for not being overprotective, exaggerating of danger or need for parental presence. Okay? Uh, These parents prepare to deal with unexpected possibilities or probability of danger is the one thing that they really focus on. They prepare to deal with the unexpected, but they really focus on the danger because they believe or they assume that something wrong or bad is going to happen to their child. They're really worried about everything. Social pressure by family, society, and friends to take precaution or increase safety measures to protect their children. This is why some parents are overly protective or they're paranoid. It's because society places a lot of pressure. Friends, family, oh, you have to watch out. Be careful. You know, they're abducting children. You know, they're stealing children, kidnapping children. They can be victim of human trafficking. So because of that constant worry and fear about the well-being of their children, sometimes some parents can have a paranoid parenting style. They're afraid of kidnapping, abduction, human trafficking, and child molestation. So it's understandable how some parents can be paranoid because we do live in a crazy world. We live in a world where people are mean and cruel and things happen. So it's a natural instinct to want to protect your child, but you have to do it in moderation. You have to do it in balance. You have to do it within boundaries. You cannot go overboard. You cannot be in constant fear. You cannot worry all the time. You cannot expect the worst. Okay. Because you're going to drive yourself crazy and you're going to drive your children crazy. You're going to be in constant fear. You're going to have a nervous breakdown. So a paranoid parenting style obviously is not good. All right. It's okay to be protective, but not obsessively protective. It's all right to be vigilant, but not obsessively vigilant. Okay, it's all right to keep your children safe, but at the same time, you have to give them an environment where they can feel comfortable, they can roam and explore and be a child. Okay, the other parenting style is the helicopter parenting style. These are the smothering parents. These parents focus not on raising strong, independent, and knowledgeable children, but encouraging their children to be completely dependent on them for everything. They're overly controlling and protective. Now let's go through some of the characteristics. Control every aspect of a child's life out of concern and love. You know, they control their child's life because they really do love their children. But it's not a parent's responsibility to make a child completely depend on you. A child is dependent on you, but your goal is to teach them how to not be dependent. By teaching them, by example, providing and nurturing and giving them, and later on, teaching them how to do for themselves. Now, but these parents, they control everything. They control everything. The children's, the children's friend, their hobby, their interest, their food, their environment, their school, their career. They're just in charge. They're constantly providing unsolicited advice, guidance, or instructions provide supervision where it's not necessary or appropriate. You know, they want to do things for their children when they don't have to. 
They lack confidence in child's ability to handle situation because they never really taught the child how to be self-sufficient and independent. They don't teach the child how to practice critical thinking skills. They don't. They don't prepare the child to be responsible or self-sufficient. They deprive the child of opportunity to learn, think, or make decisions for themselves. They want to protect children from consequences. They overcompensate, you know, for their own deficiencies and weaknesses. Again, these parents overly protect their children, smother their kids, tell them what to do because they want to overcompensate for their own deficiency or weakness. They give their children excessive attention and monitor them sometimes because they have their own personal issues. They have their own vulnerabilities, their own weakness, and basically they're, they're, they're living through their children. All right? They're afraid that their children is, are going to be neglected, abandoned, or abused because maybe they were neglected, abandoned, or abused. So they're trying to make up for something that's missing within themselves. So instead of them working on themselves and becoming more healthier, they overcompensate by trying to overly pay attention to their children or smother their children. They get overly involved with their children's lives. Okay? And they don't allow their children to develop coping skills. They give their children anxiety and depression. All right? And sometimes the children have a sense of entitlement because they never learn how to utilize the life skills or they never they never were given the opportunity to practice any life skills. So now they just expect somebody else to take care of them. It's sad, but this is the reality that we live in. They expect somebody else to take care of them. All right, we're going to go to the next parenting style, which is a free-range parenting. This type of parent is relax and let go. These parents focus on allowing children to express themselves through creativity, exploration, and opportunities. Now, there's nothing wrong with this parenting style. Free range parenting. These parents are really relaxed, laid back. They're more of the spiritual people. They're more of the enlightened ones. And they're into esoterical things. You know, they're, they're cultural. These parents are more modern. They're more of the modern parents. Of course, there's always room for improvement. Nothing is perfect. But let's discuss some of the characteristics of these parenting styles. Free-range parenting. Encourage independence in some areas with supervision. Provide child opportunity to have different enriching experience, such as traveling. They take the child to different countries, different cultures, different spiritual beliefs, special activities. You know, they introduce them to the arts, to theater, Introduce different information and knowledge to child, philosophy, the fine arts, the theaters, science, spirituality, yoga, meditation. These are the children who are into Tai Chi, martial arts. You know, they give the children space and freedom to explore. They teach child about realistic acceptance of personal risks and natural consequences of their behavior. They allow time for unscheduled activities or free time for unstructured play. 
They encourage children to play outdoors instead of using electronic devices. They encourage them to have fun without using technology. They gradually give their child freedom and responsibility as they prove themselves to be more mature. They teach children valuable skills and guide them to become more independent. Now, every state, you know, have different laws for leaving your child alone unattended. So you have to check your state. Some of these parents who practice free range parenting style, they tend to trust their children at an early age to stay home alone because they know that they've given them the skills, the preparation, the guidance, the knowledge, and the children know what to do in case of emergency. They know what contact information, they know how to reach the parents. So they feel comfortable and confident allowing their children to travel, to walk around by themselves, to go places alone. But some states restrict children, you know, they cannot be left unsupervised until they get a certain age. Some states is 12, some is 13. So you have to check your state. But these parents are very good parents. They're very loving parents. They're just free spirited. They're more relaxed and they let their children have the life experience that they want to have. All right. So we discussed the different types of parenting styles. So it's very important that you choose the type of parenting style that you want to have. Obviously, you don't want to be a toxic parent. You don't want to be a dysfunctional parent. You don't want to be a narcissistic parent. You don't want to be an overly protective or paranoid parent. So it's very important that you choose a healthier parenting style in order to make sure that your child is going to be nurtured properly, loved, cared for, and provided what they need in order for them to become self-sufficient, loving, kind, mature, conscientious human beings. It's very important that you choose. Now, it is within your choice. You do not have to continue to practice a parenting style if it's not benefiting your children if it's not helping them, if it's not nurturing them, if it's not building them to become better people. You don't have to continue a parenting style if it's a hardship for you as a parent. If you're overwhelmed, if you're you know, being broken down, if you're being stressed out, it's time for you to re-examine your parenting style to see if it's needed, if it's not outdated, because you can always upgrade. You could always change your parenting style to fit your children, to fit your mindset, your morality, your particular uh, goals in your life. It's always important for you to reassess and reevaluate what parenting style you have so you can take another stand. It's never too late to change. Now, maybe you've made some mistakes in the past. Maybe you have you adopted a particular parenting style that was dysfunctional or it wasn't beneficial to your children, now that you are aware of the different parenting style, it's your option to change. As a matter of fact, it's your duty and your obligation to change to get better so your children can get better. Get the necessary help if you need it. There are counselors out there, there's therapists out there, there's parenting classes to help you become a better parent. Thank you.